We all know the legal world is complex and high-pressured. There's no room for error. That's why judges and attorneys across Chicagoland have trusted the expert court reporters at McCorkle Litigation Services since 1948. McCorkle Litigation Services has accurately recorded every word from thousands of legal proceedings. McCorkle Litigation Services provides the legal community with peace of mind, transcribing testimony and depositions that can be used reliably by jurors, judges, and attorneys. For all of your legal support needs, contact McCorkle Litigation Services online at McCorkleLitigation.com. Joining us now on Legal Face Off, welcome back to the show. You can always follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and rate, review, listen to the show wherever you consume your podcast. Bill Tonelli is an author in the latest book, Mobfest 29, which is a Kindle single. But Bill, we want to talk a lot about The Irishman, which recently came out in theaters and on Netflix. First and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to have you on, Bill. We were just talking about The Irishman and how we all loved it, but you've got a different take, and you say that uh, a lot of it is made up. Explain that, please. Well, it's not that it has nothing to do really with the movie. I think that the movie is is uh, an accurate version of the book, but the book is a completely false version of the truth. Tell us why. Uh, because uh, the story of The Irishman, as is told in the book, is made up in that Frank Sheeran, the Irishman, uh, who claims to have killed Jimmy Hoffa, claims to have killed Joey Gallo, claims to have killed 25 to 30 other people uh, on behalf of Jimmy Hoffa, almost certainly didn't do any of that. And if you talk to anybody who uh, knows anything at all about it, whether you're talking to FBI agents or police or investigative journalists or people who who themselves have mob connections or were involved with the mob back in Philadelphia at the same time Sheeran was, will all say the same thing. It's, it was kind of like an open secret that people who actually knew what they were talking about when it comes to all this stuff knew that Sheeran actually didn't do any of the things that he supposedly uh, did. So your article uh, from August on the Slate, which can be found on Slate.com, goes into some details. It's called The Lies of the Irishman. But explain a little more detail. You know, if, if Frank, uh, the Irishman, didn't killed Jimmy Hoffa, do we know who did? Obviously, there's been lots of theories over the years, um, but what's your take on who actually killed the former Teamster boss? Well, the consensus seems to be that there was a New Jersey hitman, a New Jersey mobster named Sal Bergoglio, who was working for and had worked in the past for another New Jersey mobster named Anthony Provenzano, Tony Pro, who's in the film, who is a prominent uh, uh, character in the film, and he and Hoffa were feuding, and the, the mob in general didn't want Hoffa back in charge of the Teamsters Union, and uh, push finally came to shove, and and shove came to Hoffa being murdered. Well, nobody, nobody has ever been found. There's not even evidence that he was murdered. Maybe still uh, alive somewhere. He'd be, he'd be 160 years old <laughs> if he was still alive. But, but other than that, you're right. So what details do you think the Irishman got right? Uh, well, certainly it got right the whole story of Hoffa and his prominence as a, as a, uh, as a national figure, a union leader, uh, who was also in bed with the mob, who had essentially loaned the mob money out of the Teamsters Pension Fund to, to build Las Vegas and to, to do lots of other things that, that uh, mobsters wanted to do. Uh, with that money. So that part was true. The fact that he was on the outs with the mob was true, and that the mob allegedly wandered him out of the way, all that is true. His feud with Bobby Kennedy, there's a lot, I mean, the, history, the good thing about it is the history is really great. And for people who didn't know 
much or anything at all about Jimmy Hoffa or his role in American history in the second half of the 20th century. It's a pretty good history lesson. The whole thing is pretty good, except for Frank Sheeran, uh, who's, you know, he's kind of a convenient character to have in the movie because he takes you through all that history. But it's almost like he's like the Forrest Gump of organized crime because he's there when Joe Gallo gets killed. He's there when Jimmy Hoffa gets killed. He's there when the rifles are taken to assassinate JFK. He's kind of everywhere. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the uh, Joe Gallo scene because in the movie it depicts Frank Sheeran as um, going to Umberto's clam house in Little Italy um, and kills Joe Gallo. Um, how accurate was that? See, I mean, I think you're saying that he, Frank Sheehan wasn't even involved in that murder. Is that right? Right. It was 100% accurate, except for Frank Sheehan's presence. <laughs> uh, and again, you know, I wasn't there, and nobody has ever been convicted of the killing, and so that's really what makes it possible for anybody to step up and say that they did it. But there are eyewitnesses. I spoke with Gallo's widow, who was sitting there at the table, who described the killer as being a kind of a five foot eight little Italian guy with the receding hairline, which fits perfectly the description of the person who everybody has believed all along actually committed the crime, which is a guy named Carmine DiBiase, who was a convicted murderer, mobster. You know, the, there's the entire story of what happened there. The, the, to the best of anybody's knowledge, the accurate story has no involvement of, of Frank Sheeran. Bill, one of the most compelling parts of the movie, I think, is not, to me anyway, was not necessarily the crime scenes and the murders, um, but for me, more of the effect that this life had on some of the principles. You know, we see um, the Joe Pesci character and the De Niro character. Um, we see them, you know, at various points in their life, obviously, through some technology uh, involving de-aging. But what really touched me was, you know, seeing them through the stages of their life and how, you know, they ended up um, in rather tragic ways. The movie obviously ends with De Niro's character alone in a nursing home, um, very much by himself. He's lost touch with a lot of his family members, including very notably his daughter, who lost touch with him over his life. So can you talk about, you know, being an expert on uh, the mafia, what effect a lifetime in the mob does have on, you know, one's relations with their family and, and you know, their overall sort of time on this earth? Yeah, you know, well, it's interesting. Obviously, many mobsters never quite make it to the point of old age in a nursing home. So for some of these guys, at least, uh, that never really becomes much of a problem. And for others, I mean, there are definitely lots of old gangsters out there, many of whom though still have somehow maintained good relations with their uh, with their families. I mean, I suppose that there are some who end up the way that Sheeran did, um, although I guess the ones that you hear about or read about are the guys who often still do have, you know, families and children. They were kind of good family men, except for the fact that they were killers and, and uh, hardened criminals. They actually had, you know, good family uh, relationships. At least some of them did. So what's the status of organized crime today here in Chicago and around the country? You know, I don't know. That I don't really know that much about Chicago, uh, although I imagine that it still is, is uh, exists there. I think that it exists everywhere. It's it's a lot less uh, of, a, of a force than it once was. And I think that part of that is because all the ways that organized crime once made its money, 
have really been taken away. Once upon a time, it made it initially made its money because of prohibition. So they were able to sell illegal alcohol to people. Well, that's legal now. Then they they made their money from gambling because gambling was only really legal in one place, Las Vegas. Well, today, it seems like every city and state has got casinos and has got lottery. And so all of a sudden, another huge source of income for the mob has been taken away. And then the laws change, RICO laws and wiretapping uh, has made it difficult for these guys to really escape uh, 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 convictions or having to plead guilty. And so I think that the whole thing has really been decimated. There's still crime out there, obviously, but I think for these guys, um, you know, they either went legitimate or uh, they're kind of dinosaurs. Last thing, Bill, best mafia movie, in your opinion, which one? Wow, it's a tough one. Let's see. Goodfellas was pretty great. Obviously, the two Godfathers, the first two Godfathers, are untouchable, uh, no pun intended, uh, when it comes to gangster movies. Goodfellas was a great movie. Mean Streets, the near, I mean, Scorsese's first major movie, had kind of an organized crime thing going through, and it felt really very real and gritty. I think that, that for me, The Irishman is down the list because it's sad. These guys are sad and depressing. They're old men uh, in nursing homes. To me, that you know, that's not much of a thrill. Do you really, Bill, do you really get both red and white wine in the joint? Sure. If you're uh, if you're uh, a capo, right? If you're if you're Paul, so they say, right? They yeah. get they get uh, uh, now we can eat delivered. They, you know yeah, when, exactly. when he finally brings the cheese and the bread and the both wines. That's great exactly. stuff. Sure, so they say. It's Bill Tonelli, BillTonelli.com, T-O-N-E-L-L-I.com, and the newest book, MobFest 29, available now, Kindle Single. Bill, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun.